What's up guys, it's Stu, it is What The Fuck Gym Talk. Uh, still on vacation, but I wanted to pump out this piece of content. I wanted to discuss referrals. I wanna go into kind of why I think that gym and studio owners need to not expect them as much as they, I think, probably do. And then I wanna talk about the origin of procurement, right? And, and procurement being when that individual was initially introduced to your brand. And, and that was a big thing in Globo Gym whenever, because we were huge into commissions, everyone always wanted to know, you know, who procured the interest of the lead, right? Because that's who the commission went to. So that was something early on when I started my career, you know, finding out who procured the interest was something I was really dialed into. And for most micro gyms and studios, and I, I don't think we really look at that. So let's talk about referrals real quick. Why in the fuck do you feel that you should get as many referrals as you think you should get? Because I ask gym owners and studio owners this all the time. I'm like, hey, give your membership a grade, right? Let's go one to five, five being amazing, one being dog shit. How are they at referring you new business? And the, you know, the owner thinks about it for a second. They're like, I don't know, maybe like a three, a two. You know, I've got a hundred members and I get maybe one referral a month. So 1% of my membership is referring somebody new. And that's the, that's the common answer I get from most people. They don't feel that based on the amount of members they have, based on the quality of service they are giving, they are getting enough referrals. Now, number one, your service just could be dog shit and you don't know about it because it's, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder kind of scenario and you think it's an amazing product that you have and it, it truly maybe is not. That's generally not where I start. I, I want people to just understand how much work goes into a referral. All right, and I'm, I'm gonna bring my own life into this, okay? I'm gonna use me as an example. In this line of work, what I do, I can be on the phone up to five hours a day, right? I can be on the phone with gym owners, you know, you know, talking with them about whatever it is. And with that in mind, this, these Apple AirPods have been the best technological purchase, probably one of the better purchases in general that I've made in the past 18 months. These are absolutely, they're a necessity for my work. I need these. If I don't have these in my pocket at any given time, I get a little bit of anxiety. It's to the point now that like when I see my wife, she uses like the old school shit, I tease her and call her a fucking peasant, right? Like we joke around about it. These are absolutely imperative, right? For my line of work. However, as I walk down the street, I am not running around and grabbing these out of people's ears and be like, what the fuck are you doing? You gotta get AirPods. Like, what are you doing with that old school shit? You got to get these, they're amazing. I'm not being a proactive and evangelist about it. However, though, you sit me down and we're bullshitting over a beer and you, you, know, you see those maybe in my pocket or I pull them out or whatever, you're like, oh man, Stu, you like those? I've been thinking about getting them. Or what are, you, what are your thoughts on them? Dude, you give me an opening, I will fucking have you buying them from the Apple store right there at the bar within two minutes flat. I will give the best testimonial. I will sell you on it right then and there. But it's not coming up. Like unless someone prompts me to talk about them, I'm not talking about them. For those of you guys who own CrossFit gyms uh, and, and even older methodologies like yoga studios, people, it's like a stereotype to be that douchey friend that shows up for you know the one hour lunch break at, you know, at work and you pull up your Tupperware and pre-made food because you're proud of yourself, you're meal prepping and all that, and then you're that douchey person that wants to talk to everyone as to why you're eating paleo and why you do CrossFit or why you do this kind of yoga, and like you're just sitting there preaching. Like There's like jokes. It's all over the internet. There's plenty of parody videos and memes that talk about that person that talk about their fitness too much to an obnoxious level. Like Nobody wants to be that douchebag. Hopefully not. Like As gym owners, 
we we kind of want people to, but not in a douchey way. You would not believe how many of your members are really trying to get people in, but because of the way that they you know, proclaim it in kind of almost an elitist kind of fashion, it really actually turns people off from your brand. That's a whole different video. But nobody, nobody wants to be that person who's super overly trying to sell you on the fitness thing. Right, so it just doesn't come up. Back in the day in 2006, I would have proudly sat down and sat down. And what are we all talking about? Politics, religion, death, hurricanes. Cool, but for a second, let me tell you about CrossFit. Like that's what I would have done back in the day. I, I don't do that anymore. I don't even tell people I own a fucking gym anymore. Like it, you don't want to be that persona of that that caricature of that person who is just kind of douchey with their you know evangelist uh, proclamation of whatever fitness methodology they follow. So, with that being said. Referrals are a lot harder to come by. I recommend that you guys need to create the opportunity referral by highlighting your members in the, you know, the windows of what they're doing, social, Facebook and Instagram, right? If you're not doing what I call, like I go through with my guys tagging campaigns, if you're not constantly like three, four, five times a day putting out content and highlighting members via tagging them or making video content about them and how they've had 600 workouts in two years with you or how they're celebrating their three-year anniversary or how about they lost 30 pounds or how about they weren't able to do an inversion and now they can. If you're not highlighting that shit every day, multiple times a day, you're not creating the opportunity for that person at the bar to ask me about the AirPods. Because once somebody asks your clients about, hey, I saw a photo of you, you doing pull-ups? That's amazing. Or, hey, I saw you, you've been looking great. I didn't want to say anything, but I saw the photo where you, you know, you're holding up the sign saying you lost 20 pounds on your six-week challenge. That's awesome, congrats. Where are you working out? Give them an opening and they will fucking give you the best referral possible. But you've got to give the opening. You've got to give the client an opportunity to talk about it where they're not walking in and starting the conversation about themselves or about their belief in the fitness methodology themselves. Does that make sense? So that's number one. Number two, I want you to think about as a gym owner, studio owner, the origin of procurement. When somebody walks in the door and you ask them, and this isn't one of the first two or three questions out of your mouth, you're fucking this up. How did you find out about us? How did you hear about us? The origin of procurement. There's four, only four. I'm only going to discuss on the third one. There's search engine, social media, referral, and physical location, aka drive by and walk by. Right? I'm not going to get into the other ones, but there's two to three follow-up questions for each one of those, and I'm going to discuss referral. On the referral, the first thing is obviously who referred you. Right? Someone comes in and be like, oh, you know, my buddy told me about you guys. Awesome. Who's your buddy? That's number one. You have to identify who that person is. Number two, what ecosystem do they both share a common denominator, meaning how do they know each other? Do you realize, and here's, a, here's, a, here's an anecdotal story. Gym owner Johnny has a client named Sally. Sally refers Tina. Gym owner Johnny says, hey, how'd you hear about us? Tina says, oh, I know Sally. He goes, oh man, that's awesome, great, here, let's try it out, you like it, great, here's a membership, sign up, you're a member now, good, great, grand. He moves on. He doesn't take the time to say, well, awesome, how do you know Tina? Oh, we play softball together. Oh, cool. Good, great, here's your membership, sign up here, you're in the gym now, good, great, grand. He doesn't dig any deeper. Now, I know for a lot of you guys, you might be thinking like, this is duh, like I do this already, and good, pat on the back. I guarantee you're not exploiting this to, a, to the umph degree, to how you could. If you find out that Sally referred Tina and they play softball together, and you know that softball team has two games a week, you know how many other fuckers play softball on that team? I don't know the number, what, nine? I don't know, nine, 10, 11, 12, whatever it fucking may be. If 
Tina can join, the rest of them can join. Maybe gym owner Johnny gets intelligent and it looks into the ecosystem at which Tina and Sally know each other and then says to Sally and Tina, listen, you know, Tina, Sally, you guys seeing like, are you getting to first base quicker? Are you running down balls in the outfield quicker? Like, are you, are you hitting the ball further? Awesome. How about this? I'd love to A, sponsor your softball team. And number two, during the softball season, all of the members on your team get a discounted membership, right? At the end of the season, you'll bring them to a full membership price. But that's exploiting and, you know, infiltrating, being a Trojan motherfucking horse into that ecosystem. Because if there's one referral, there are more. Chris Cooper does an amazing job of this in referring to what he calls affinity marketing. And it's like, I, you know, the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. You ever play that game? If Sally can refer Tina, then you know that Sally also has multiple other Tinas, right? By different names, different people, different genders that she can refer because they're in the same fucking ecosystem, right? When you have 100 members in your gym, realize you essentially have 200. They are all just one text message away from one of the current 100 members. That's how close that, you know, the one degree of separation is from Sally to Tina. If you're not finding out during when you're asking the origin of procurement questions, when somebody comes in, finding out what that ecosystem is and then figuring out how you can send a Trojan horse in there and exploit it, you're fucking up. If you find out that John refers Tim and you don't, find, you don't ask the question of how they know each other and then it comes to be that they actually work together, and maybe you could have been spending, you know, a good six, eight, 12 week period romancing them and figuring out a way to get a corporate wellness account or get with the HR manager. You have got to go deeper than fucking, oh, great. You know, John, awesome. You're signing up. Good, great, grand. Let's get you in the class. It'll be awesome. Like you've got to go deeper. There are more Johns there. There are more Tina's there. Start exploiting the origin of procurement when it comes to referral. My other thing on referral in this last piece, and I'll end with this, do something special. I, I do something. Do not credit their account $50. You lazy fucker. You can't Instagram a credited account. You know what you can do? You can go to their waiver, look up who they listed as their emergency contact, probably their mother, probably their husband, probably their boyfriend or their roommate, and you can call that individual and say, hey, listen, this is Stu over at Urban Movement. Mike referred us his friend John, and we, do a, a, we get them a personalized gift up to $50. What do you think I could get Mike? And they might say, hey, Mike's actually from New York, and I know he's going back up there in the spring, and he loves going to the Syracuse lacrosse spring game. Fucking A. Go buy him tickets to that. Buy him a Syracuse lacrosse t-shirt. I don't know. Get creative. If the fucking, you know, we've literally called up parents. We've had kids, you know, high, you know, high school, teenage, uh, and young college kids who list their parents as their emergency contact. We've literally called the parents. Guess sometimes what happens on that phone call. Oh, my God, this is so amazing. Great. You know what? I was having such a hard time thinking of what to get Mike for Christmas. Can I pay for like six months of his membership? You sure as fuck can, Mrs. Ural. We would love for you. We, that would be a great stocking stuffer. We'll put up a nice card. We'll put it in there, customize it, blah, blah, blah. You guys see where that can go. With referrals, I recommend you do something that is Instagrammable. And, and not just for the gram, because maybe you don't get it. Like maybe they don't take a photo of it. That be, that's a bonus. But you do it because it's memorable. Because you know what's memorable to me? You bring me a new client that might be worth an LCV of $4,500 to me. That's memorable as fuck to me as a business owner. So do something for them. You know they love whiskey, buy them a nice you know, fifth of whiskey. You know they love this one restaurant, get them a gift card. Do something. You can give them a hug and say thank you and that's great and I think you should be doing that anyway. But go above and beyond. 
Take a portion of the money they paid you and think of it as, you know, again, the amount of money you didn't have to pay, you know, Zuckerberg in the Facebook machine to get a lead that probably might not have shown up, that had a low chance of conversion. So guys, referrals, think about it a little bit deeper, put a little more thought into that shit, and I hope this helps. Peace.